0: This is the Hip Hop Save My Life podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Now sit back, because it's time for the podcast.
1: Hello. Welcome to Hip Hop Save My Life. Uh, this is me, Ramesh. I'm here with uh, Ben Green. Hello, Ben. Hello, how's it going? Good, thank you. Um, this isn't actually the podcast. This is the intro bit. And Ben's not on the podcast itself. Okay. But he's but he happens to be here with me while i'm doing the intro so I said he could come and do the intro how are you ben you're all right again it's sort of you've done two haven't you without well you've met two people without me three well i've not i've not actually met uh, our guest on this podcast last skeptic Corin dueb do i think I pronounced that correctly um, uh I didn't meet him we did it remotely so no. Yeah. And you get to be on with a guest Not with a guest, but you're on the same podcast as with a guest But I don't get to meet the guest No um, Cool, so as I was saying uh, In today's podcast we talked to The Last Skeptic, an amazing uh, I say hip hop producer His latest album sort of branches out Outside of hip hop, but it's great Super talented and it's good For us to actually get a producer on and chat And uh, it's good chatter. So uh, I think you'll enjoy I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't know No, you wouldn't know. But you'll listen to it and you will know. I mean, you haven't listened to it at this moment, have you? No. Um, Also, for some reason, well, into this podcast, you discover what happens when you sort of do a bit of online research into your guest and it backfires because I described him as Hackney's finest and he's actually from North London. He's a massive gooner. So... Uh, so yeah, and we kept that in the edit Because I like to keep it real, do you know what I mean? Hip-hop and all that Okay, so <laughs> um, enjoy the podcast I am honoured uh, to be joined by uh,
2: Hackney's Finest You're Hackney, right? Have I just made that up? You know what, Like, there's a lot of like false information online that says that I'm God. from Hackney But I was born and raised in Finsbury Park like, I was born in the Whittington, so I've got to like big up Finsbury every time Okay, so uh,
1: I've already fucked up this early doors <laughs> in the thing. It's over. So. This is it. I'm <laughs> I'm out of it. Uh, I am joined by The Last Skeptic. Hello, mate. How are you?
2: I'm good, man. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me, man. It's a, it's a great honour.
1: No, no. It's an honour for us, man. I was, I was just saying before we started recording that you are the first hip-hop producer that we've had
2: on. And, and potentially like, the geekiest. I mean, who knows? Because producers are definitely the geekiest of, of all... Well people. there
1: is a there is a rumour about you guys that you've got like social issues and shit like that. Is that is that a stereotype you have to deal with?
2: That is uh not only a stereotype a reality that I have to deal with <laughs> so um, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm both offended by it and have to uphold it at all times.
0: Here's a little bit that you like to fall. How did you get into hip-hop?
1: Let's talk about you, man. So <laughs> you are um well, first of all, you're one of the most prolific people around like you're putting out stuff left right and center but how did you get into to hip hop and like sort of the production side of things what sort of
2: your how did you come to be who you are now uh well i initially first started getting into hip-hop when i was around like nine or ten and my brother would would swear that he introduced me to, to hip-hop big up Tin, and he's a comedian as well and yeah, yeah he's very
1: funny check him out well, we're getting him on actually i think he's going to be on the next one so he's equally we're doing key- a brother one too
2: brilliant he's and he, he 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 was always into like far side and hieroglyphics and west coast hip hop uh, and, and kind of the more i guess conscious and and uh side of west coast hip hop and um but when i when i got to school i kind of built on that a little bit and obviously you never want to be like your older siblings you don't you know it's just not cool you, you kind of want to be your own your own person so when i got into got to school when i i started joining a crew like a um A rap crew and then uh, I started getting into like uh, Tupac. So Tupac for me like age 10 onwards was the the biggest influence for me and uh, from that it always even though I was rapping I was rapping as a kid it was always the beats that really sparked a a huge interest in me and always somehow encapsulated and uh, inspired me more the the lyrics like I always found it and still do to this day like really difficult to remember lyrics but I can remember you know snare dropouts or you know little you know inflections of like a, a string sample here or whatever it was and and, f- and listening to West Coast rap at that early age just inspired me so heavily to want to want to make music and beats by DJ Quick and Daz and Dre and and all of these these producers that I, that I looked up to so much. It, it took me a couple of years to to kind of get the balls to actually make a beat. And it was um, Sway who actually taught me. He was a couple of years older than me in school. And um, I was just I was rapping with him or a- attempting to rap because even back then he was the sickest lyricist and the sickest like punchline art, uh, rapper that I've ever met to this day. And, um, yeah. and he, he just, you know, sat me down and was like, here's Cubase. This is what you do. And, uh, I was fucking awful. I was like the shittest <laughs> producer, <laughs> like the beats I was making was so shit and, and, you know, bless him. He didn't hesitate to tell me how shit they were. And, uh, and, and I just c- carried on and carried on, uh, listening to everything and absorbing, You know, mostly. I mean, these were the times where you had to pick a side, East Coast or West Coast. You had to do, and I was just so I was a stalwart for West Coast. Like that was it. I would not. And what
1: was it about? What was it about West Coast? Because obviously, that is like you know, you don't need me to tell you. You know better than I do that how different those two sounds were, and why was it that the West Coast sound sort of attracted you more?
2: I think it was partly to do with when you're an angsty teenager, um, much like I think Nirvana applied to some people or Oasis applied to some people. For me, like the mentality of Tupac, <laughs> this is funny because I had a dream like three days ago that I was doing this very podcast and that I went into a long 10-minute uh, monologue about how similar my life was to Tupac's and you were there on the other side of this going <laughs> yeah yeah I, I feel you man it's just so it's so uncanny like <laughs> that, was, that was my entire let's dream make, listen listen let's make that dream a reality now man let's go <laughs> okay, that's it well wow. <laughs> um no but like I, I it, there was something about like I went through a lot of uh, issues at school and like a lot of, uh, had got into trouble and And stuff like that. And I always had this mentality of of feeling like it was me against the world. And being in, you know, Finsbury Park, obviously it wasn't the nicest of areas growing up. There was a lot of uh, problems around. But I'm not saying it's anything like, you know, the equivalent of Compton or, you know, wherever, or Baltimore, you know, the equivalent of where where Tupac grew up. And um, But there was that mentality that still that still went through and it really spoke to me. It spoke to me that I was like, fuck, I feel like I've, I've got my back against the wall and like fuck everybody and I can't trust anybody. And, you know, you do that when you're when you're a kid, you know, especially like 13, 14 do years old. Do
1: you know old. what, man? I can totally see you were just like him. You're right, <laughs> man. I've got it. Is it the Thug Life tattoo that I've got? I think, yeah, 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 yeah. An, an abdominal tattoo, to mm. me, that's a lot of confidence there because like when he got it, obviously he was ripped but you're sure. having faith that you're going to stay like that. I mean, obviously he passed away, but like in your, in your fifties, mm. that is a, that's a tough one to pull off. Right. But yeah, the team
2: t- are going to space apart. Like it's, yeah. You might lose the E around the back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how that's going, works, start, right?
1: that's going to start to move around the sides. And then yeah. all of a sudden you've got a hug lift. tattoo, Do you Which, mean, which is, isn't, the it's not too bad. No, it could be worse. It's not great. So you were into West Coast, so you started doing, would you say then all your beats were like, were they the sort of thing that you might hear on a West Coast record then? Was that, were you like that heavily influenced that your stuff was super West Coast sounding?
2: Yeah, I think I, I was trying to emulate a, a bit of the West Coast sound in terms of like the traditional West Coast sound with the high high pitched synths and uh, stuff like that. But I was equally trying to kind of take the ideas from uh dj quick where he would go super musical with it and someone like Battlecat, who you know equally did like the laid back la swing but then was super musical and you you know you you could hear chord progressions and you could hear stuff getting quite emotional and it was from that that the beginnings of that that I really still you know i still take to this day where i want to want to take a beat make it sound super hard make a nasty bass line and then all of a sudden like take it somewhere else with chords that that, that really try and evoke emotion from people
1: and so with so then were you working with rappers
2: then so when you like so how old were you then when this all when this sort of happened i, I guess between the age of like 11 and 16 you know it was it was a real like uh formulation period for me but right. for, for listening, studying yeah
1: and then when you get in sway to like to do verses for your beats then at that
2: stage oh no i was too i was too bad for that i was too shit like and he was <laughs> this is the point where sway was like <laughs> absolutely killing it with um battle scars and he would go and be doing all these battles and stuff and at the time i wasn't even in school cuz i had to leave school and so like he would just come round and and like just chat to me and just be like, oh yeah, I did this battle last night. And here was here's the bar that I said. And I was like, oh man, that's so sick. And I'd still be at home on my own, just trying to make beats that would be as good as his level. And um, and then I then I, I saved up and got a, a secondhand MPC and um, uh, MPC 2000 XL for all the, the nerds listening that want to know <laughs> and uh, a, a drum machine. And, and I just start and I was like, I'd have no idea how to use this. And he had to come around and kind of show me how to chop up a sample. And I think when I started chopping up samples, cause previous to that, I was, I was kind of playing in stuff on a keyboard. And when I started chopping up samples, I really found my, my swing and I understood how to do it. And by that point, I was into Gangstar and I was into DJ Premier and Pete Rock. And then that additionally kind of switched up the sound in, in a different way.
1: So what sort of stuff, so you listen to Gangstar and is, uh, is Premier one of your favourites then?
2: Yeah, like the Moment of Truth album is is one of my favourite albums of all time. Um, when Premier, you know, because in the early Gangstar albums and early Primo production, is it, it, he didn't have, it, he was fucking amazing, but he hadn't established his chopped up like, primo sound that 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 he is now known for and for me Moment of Truth was the album where he fully you know he got that sound he understood it and he did it and he smashed it and he had tunes like Work you know and uh, like dis- not discipline's not on that, is it? No, he had like a bunch of different records on there where, where it was just. Oh, above the clouds with Inspector Deck, which is just yes I mean, blew my mind.
0: self Lord and Master shall bring disaster to
2: evil factors. Demonic chapters shall be captured by kings through the storms of days
0: after. And to the earth from the sun through triple darkness to blast you with a force that can't be compared to any firepower. For its mind power shared the brain weight. Causes vessels to circulate like constellations reflect at night off the lake.
1: The thing that interests me about you going into uh, production is that the like the truth is, is most people because like I was shit, but I had a go at rapping when I was young. Because like, you know, you love it so much, and when you love something so much, you want to have a go at it, right? And but the thing is, is that rapping is the most is the way that most people go i think because you don't need any equipment right you just sort of start doing it so for you what you're talking about is you got into production because you like the beats and stuff and then you start doing it and then you were shit at it as everybody is when they start doing something and then was there a point at which you thought oh fuck this man i'm having to like get familiar with the equipment i'm having to figure this out i'm just gonna start rapping like was there did you get frustrated with it or were you so determined that that was the way that you were going to go because also the other thing is it's not obvious how you're gonna immediately get any kind of uh recognition for that mm. do you know what I mean because it's harder to put yourself out there as a producer than it is to put yourself out as a rapper because like you're saying like sway was going to battles and like yeah. straight away you could go and turn up and spit a verse that you wrote that day or you can freestyle or whatever and you're not in that position so was that a difficult kind of thing for you
2: yeah, I mean, well, because I cause I, did, I started out rapping and I, I I you know I didn't mention before, but I, I kind of was was rapping a little bit at the same time, and I was still writing lyrics and and that was you know my first the first records I ever got played on pirate radio were me rapping and, and over my own beats, and right. it was only until the age of when when I got to like sixteen seventeen that I was like fuck it I don't have a the confidence to do this on stage and B my memory is so shit for remembering li- remembering lyrics i just can't do it so i still to this day like you know occasionally write lyrics there's every couple of albums that i do or records i do with people that you know i, I spit a verse on things just because i feel like i i still love it i still want to yeah. do it but um my attention span is just not it's not strong enough to do both to do both things so I still like you know I, I get on the mic at every gig that I do and hype things up and I rap along to lyrics and do whatever but I just don't think I could be a rapper like all of the MCs I work with I, I look at him in awe from rem- for just for remembering remembering all those bars, man, how the fuck, even you with comedy, how do you remember all all of that? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, it's crazy. Well, uh,
1: I mean, I I don't, I I mean, I think I totally understand with rapping, like, particularly because, like, a lot of these, particularly now, because, like, years ago people put out an album and then they tore that album but now people are putting out mixtapes and then mm-hmm. they put out freestyles left right and center and then yeah. the, I, I went to a lupe fiasco gig out here recently right mm-hmm. and the thing is it's like my ability i remember i used to memorize records like i used to be like i used to be able to rap, but now there's so much stuff coming out and you listen to so much stuff i can't remember it and then when we stood in the lupe fiasco gig it was right we we're right near the front And he started like doing this thing where he'd hand the mic to people or he'd like rap alongside people and they'd be rapping back to him. And I just spent most of the gig shitting myself that he would (laughs) do that to me. Cause there's no fucking way mate look i'm a lupe fan yeah but i can't remember that shit no, there's no fucking way just nervous that's a horrible feeling to be in a gig nervous that you're just gonna get mugged off
2: <laughs> that's why i never stand at the front of anything this is what i've learned through years of a brother doing comedy and mates doing comedy is you never sit at the front and at a gig you never stand at the front you're just always at the back chilling it's way easier it's way less stress <laughs>
1: so um so you started doing your own stuff and Mm. then um so and you started basically now we know you for like putting out your own stuff and working with different lyricists and stuff like that um how did that sort of all start to come about did you just meet up with people or did you get in touch with people or how do you decide who you're going to get to do vocals over your stuff now
2: it's all about. Uh, for me, it's just people that I've met and linked with and got a good vibe with. It, and as cheesy as it sounds, you know I'm, I'm the biggest like cheerleader for and and in, in, encourager for when it comes to music of, of only working with the people that you get a good energy from. Like without a doubt, like my first joint album, my first, essentially first album but it was a joint record, it was with uh, a rap called Verb T from the Four hours uh, Yes, now. I've and, had um, them on. I'm fast up between a rock and a sparse place Where my mind's laughing, I'll scan out a glass taste, and my heart straight Cut down the middle cause it knows it's a little past save And I think on past days as my head just cackles and my chest groans, I walk alone in torn sandals. As I think about what it could become, then my dream bubbles less of races and four tongues like did an album in 2007 We started in like 2005 Uh and um where it was just me and him and uh Yeah, and it was it, it was great because I'd met him before, he liked my beats, and it you know, as uh I think I started a record when I was like 19 or something and that was a that was a really good confidence boost for me because as someone that I got on with that well um, you know music's always been a, a huge therapy to me and it's been a, a quite an emotional thing and, and it's such an important uh, part of my uh part of, part of my life you know that you have to get a rapper that understands that and that understands that it's it's a sensitive thing you know what i mean it's a it's a it's an emotional thing and they have to really be in tune with that you know and be yeah. in, tune, in, in part of the process with that and um i was lucky enough to work with verbs who really understood that and he's quite an emotional guy as well so he really got got with that and i'm not just talking about emotion as in sadness i mean like aggression or you know, happiness, whatever it is, like the extremes of it. You know, yeah, and, um,
1: and I, yeah, gone. Sorry,
2: I was just gonna say, and even to this day, I'm, I'm, I'm still the same. I will only work with people that that are on a level that that we chat. To, that you know, we chat and hang out, and we can hang out uh, uh, beyond the, the rap shit.
1: I guess, like, because most people think. Well, I think you can tell the difference in between records because like sometimes you can tell that a producer and a rapper have worked together and like decided to come up with an actual song do you know what i mean like an actual thing where they've gone right okay this is the concept for it let's do it and put it together whereas like you you know that other a lot of a lot of stuff i probably i'd argue most stuff is where a rapper's just picked a beat and then just gone okay i like this i'm just going to spit over the top of it but there is a diff- There's a big difference, right? And I think you can tell the difference qualitatively. Like hip hop is often accused of not of just being a bit disposable in the way that it puts stuff out, and that's certainly not true for your stuff. Like particularly your latest album is very much like you've obviously thought a lot about it. You've not just gone, "Oh, this is a great beat, and I'm going to put it." You've like you've come up with ideas. So is that the way you've always worked?
2: Yeah, always. Like I've I've thought. Sometimes way too much about it, you know. That's why it took me so long to put out my debut solo record, which was called "Thanks for Trying," which came out uh, on BBE in like 2013. It took me so long, and it actually took uh, Jest of all people to tell me stop fucking being a dickhead, just like get your shit together and put this record out. And I, I was like, "Oh fuck! I bet I better do it now because I need. I, I couldn't. I de- putting out a record yourself, especially as a producer." Takes a lot of a lot of balls and a lot of like it, t- it takes a lot of like you to be brave enough to go. These are not just beats; these are songs. And yeah. that first album of mine was mostly instrumental, and I uh, ha- really had to find a way to make those songs not just loops. And I'd, I've never made just loops anyway. But you have to make them interesting for three or four minutes, and um, and and make there be some kind of journey. And um, with this with this this album which I, I think of mine as my second solo proper album yeah. um, there's no samples on it there's uh, it's all live musicians and I just wanted to take take my time and and make something that was completely interesting from the first bar of the song until the last you know
1: with your first album like you know you, you said it's like most instrumentals. Mm that that I guess that's quite a that's braver isn't it than like put just getting a load of artists on to like do stuff over the top of it or whatever like was it was that a conscious decision or did you just think oh I like these as they are I want to put them out like
2: this a, a, a bit of both but I, I I think even when I made the beats I knew that they weren't they weren't gonna be not all of them were going to be as as ready uh as they were and until i got the live musicians on them and so that first record i enlisted like cellists and violinists and and you know uh biscuit who plays the flute, who fucking kills it on on everything i get him on and and but yeah it was it was totally quite quite a scary thing but i think i got to the point in my career at that at that point where i was so uh pissed off and um quite like disheartened by the industry and disheartened by music in general and that why is that what, what, what why, how come you got to that point I, I think for anyone that like uh, suffers from anxiety like, like I do or suffers from or, or that's in this industry or is creative you always doubt yourself and then you compare yourself to other people and then you do this whole same cycle where you go, actually, fuck it, fuck everyone else. I'm doing what I want anyway. And then you go, oh wait, but what's everyone else doing? Oh, fuck them anyway. And you just go this this entire back and forth. And um, and in doing so, I, I, you know, you can tell by the names, the, the, the things that I name my albums, you know, especially before before my new album, "Thanks for Trying," the name of it, which I since then went on to to name my label and name my podcast, "Thanks For Trying." You know, it's it came from this whole thing where. I felt like at that time, I was uh, I had the the ears of people, I I had the connections to people, but I even working here or there with majors, which at the time was a lot. You know, everyone wanted to be on a major. Um, I had a lot of people kind of going, "Oh, yeah, yeah, this is cool, this is cool," but you know, it's it's not for us. But thanks for trying anyway. You know, and I felt like that was the attitude, and so it was it was a big kind of like "fuck you" to everyone else. Like I, I don't really care, you know. And uh, since then I put out an EP called I Don't Even Like You I put out an EP yes. called, um, that, that,
1: is your, that is the title that I can most relate to By the way just, you know, <laughs> it's,
2: it's a, a great it's title Very, very relatable uh, put out <laughs> Revenge is the Best Success um, How Not to Make a Living um, I just really wanted to be quite sardonic With these, these yes. album titles you know. Your B Tape Sucks
1: them. Is another one of my favourites
2: Your B Tape Sucks I, I almost put out a record called Only Here for the Catering and that, <laughs> and that is just the honest truth of how I feel uh, about most things. Um, and then the, with this album is, um, it's called "This Is Where It Gets Good" because I, I, I wanted to, to really say that you know uh, through all the ups and downs that all of us go through on, on a daily basis, you know, and and uh, all of the ups and downs that I've been through, you know, I, I wanted to look look ahead and kind of think, you know, what well, actually things all things will get good from now on. It's a, a mind state.
1: So tell me about this latest album. So this new album is sort of like, this is where it gets good. It's like sort of your, you've sort of said, and again, I might've got some false information like this Hackney bullshit, whoever that fucking cunt is. Who was that? I I don't know, mate. I don't know, mate. But anyway, um, you sort of said this is your most personal album and it's sort of, you sort of feel like you're dealing with mental health issues in, in this album. So sort of explain that whole thing to me.
2: Yeah. I, I, you know, I've, 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 through, throughout, uh, my life, I've kind of always dealt with the anxiety and kind of the ups and downs of, uh, yeah, like mental wellness, uh, in some form or another. And, um, and also the extremes of, of, uh, of my, of of being mad emotional, whether it be like I was saying earlier, of, of being super aggressive and, and then super sad and all, all of this stuff. And, um, this, this album was really cathartic because, uh, for a number of reasons, you know, I made, I made a record that wasn't rap, you know, for me, I wanted to make a, this record, whatever it was going to become as I was making. And as it turned out, it, it turned out being more of a electronic album, like a yeah. cinematic orchestra kind of record. And, um, and for that, I really felt like I had a huge amount of freedom, um, being it on my own label where I could just essentially do whatever the hell I wanted to, and uh and every every song is is meant to be there every, every collaboration was uh, happened because that that person was sat in my house with me and you know they were going through some shit and we we connected and you know there's there's a song the one of the only the two rap songs on there is, features uh trim um
1: yeah um, who's
2: fucking amazing but i mean it's he, such a great track man. you know he's 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 the boss you know former member of roll deep uh, grime mc you know one of the grime pioneers and um you know and we, we both were talking a lot about you know the two-pack mentality you know i don't need any friends you know fuck everybody i can do this shit on my own and uh, and that song came out of that and it's called i don't need any friends you know
0: yeah yeah it ain't my loss we don't beg friend no ain't my job no nope. and it ain't my problem if they don't like me it ain't my problem See, I'm wasting time, but it ain't my block. You might get killed, caught it ain't my bones. No, nah, it ain't my show. Nowadays, if you get shanked in the hood, it ain't my lot.
2: When when I did the song Trouble with uh Takura, incredible singer, and with Koji Radical, who of course has done you know incredibly well now. You know, they're two people that are always around my house and and uh, you know, listening to beats and just chatting, you know. And um, they they totally got the vibe of the record they they understood where i was coming from with it and and uh and ca- it ca- captured it perfectly and i feel like that's the same with all of the singers on there and um it was just it, the way it came out it, it just came out like a a diary you know without you know again sounding too cheesy but uh yes yeah, it's, it's an entire journey from the beginning you know it starts off with a song called death which sounds incredibly morbid but it's just about the end of a relationship you know the, a, not just a relationship to a person but a relationship to like myself you know thinking i am a certain way but wanting to in fact change and and, and become better and you know better equipped to deal with the to deal with the things that life throws you and uh, it ends with a song called don't forget which essentially is just going listen mate for it, despite all of the journeys and all the happiness and the sadness just don't forget any of it move on manage stuff and, and be better but just don't forget all of this shit happened you know this is
1: a thing that like because like you've sort of answered this question but i'm interested to know obviously you sound like somebody that thinks a lot about what you put into it friction when we're chatting to friction he was saying to me sometimes like he's had things where he's been putting things together and then the, the vocalist has turned up and they haven't really been into it or it hasn't kind of been what he's looking for or whatever does that happen has that happened to you i mean probably doesn't happen recently because it sounds like you've put this stuff together with people that you know and you've come up with the songs together but is it difficult you've put your you've worked your ass off to put a track together and then you get someone into to come over and interpret that lyrically or whatever does that have you had situations where you're just like fuck this isn't what i was looking for or Mm-hmm. They're not on the same vibe that I am on this track or whatever.
2: Yeah, you just have to like record it and delete it after and not tell them. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. You know what? Like, that, that has happened sometimes. I've done that. <laughs> you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. You know what I mean?
1: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. first of all can i just say i haven't said this this is where it gets good it's so fucking great and if you haven't heard it you need to get it man but like when you when you put the album together are you thinking i hope this are you thinking i hope this track lands or i hope this is the one that i think is gonna lead this album out do you mean like or are you just thinking i want to make a cohesive album and let everything else take care of itself
2: so, some of the time I, I am Like when I made a single Called Damn Featuring a Grime MC Called Jammin Like last year And it was just A straight up Grime single And I thought You know what I hope this lands Like I feel like This, yeah. is, a, this is a Grime song Like And it did pretty good On the radio And it you know it Did, it did alright Spotify got picked up In places And, and I'm really glad that, that, that I did that song And also Because I could play it In DJ sets Which is sick But with this album I, I didn't even I didn't even have that in mind I fully just thought fuck everybody i just want to make a great record and a great record that i can be so proud of no matter what happens and um it did surprise me in places because um you know trouble obviously was the single with koji radical and and uh, people did really love that song but then there was a song called keep it simple that um again and again that that was song's really really close to my heart and it features uh, a singer called matt wills Who's now signed to Virgin, but when I first met him and started working with him, he was super young. And he messaged me on Twitter going, you know, hey man, I love I love your beats. Can we do a song? And so made made a few records together. And um and and they were all just super honest. And like, and keep it simple from the album is essentially like a, a Jay Diller style beat, but with this singer on it that all I wanted to do was make a record, like a John B record with, or like Usher's first album, like all the yeah. RB that I used to love. And um and that song Keep It Simple just again and again people just kept coming to me and going that is like that is beautiful that is my song and um so it's it was a pleasant surprise when that became the one that like got put on a Spotify playlist here or like people just kept coming to me and telling me they loved it and that's that's the real beauty of releasing music man you know when when you get feedback like that
1: I mean you you just mentioned Spotify you got loads of stuff on Spotify uh is spotify good for artists i mean that's the thing that people think like you know obviously music the music industry went through a phase of where people just listen to shit for nothing right and now we've got like spotify and tidal or whatever people are using is spotify been good for you
2: i think if you if you own your own catalog yes definitely Right. right um then you know it's the numbers are ridiculous like you can google them the the what you get paid per spotify play isn't very much But yeah. then if you compare it to how much you get paid for radio play and then think well you know i got if i get a play on radio one on prime time then x amount of million people are going to hear that but i'll still only get like 40 quid so right. isn't that the same as spotify like if you, a, if you get a million plays on spotify it's something like four grand so right. I don't know like it's it's not i don't know it's not like a, a huge a huge difference i think personally spotify is is a great thing for artists
1: I, I i mean from a consumer's point of view which is like you know i think what's amazing about it is like you like you just said you can discover new artists and if i say to somebody oh you should check out this guy they will can immediately look it up and find the whole back catalog and just get into it straight away yeah. and also the other thing because like, when you listen to an artist it comes up with like suggested artists yeah. that are in that kind of area and yeah. the algorithms on it or however they decide to do it is actually pretty good because like, when you how listen to someone know? I know they, I've got no idea but like you know sometimes like for example on Netflix like you like I don't think they've got a fucking clue on that how to suggest other shit because right? like, it will go it will go you watch BoJack Horseman and then it will go if you like this, you'll also like Black Beauty because it also features a horse. Like, there doesn't seem to be, like, a real fucking genuine understanding of what the connections are, right? But on, like, Spotify, you, like, listen to it, and it, the artists they suggest, it always seems to work for me. It's great, man. I've got to talk to you about this track that um is uh, that I fucking love, and it it's roll, Please. Uh, that tune, mate... Thank you. Fucking hell. It is mad. Oh my God. I love it, man. I properly love it. The video is wicked as well. But like, how did that come about? I mean, that is just... I love it. I mean, if you haven't heard it, you've got to listen to it immediately. Like, pause it. In fact, we'll drop it in now.
2: You know
0: the so flipping and You know about that melody.
2: how did that come about? It's so fucking great. Thank you. Yeah, that is um, pure aggression and like me and my angriest. Like I, I heard like this drum roll on a record that, that I loved. Like I, it wasn't even a part of the song. It's just a bit where the drummer's just going nuts. And I chopped it into like little pieces and uh, kind of like replayed it as a sample. And then, uh, and it just made me so angry that I was like, this is it. This is it. I'm just in my zone. I'm just getting mad right now. And uh, I actually made it on a plane of all places. And, um, I think probably just to avoid being like shitting myself of a turbulence or something like that. Yeah. And, and I was getting super angry. It was great. And then um, uh, a couple of years later, like this beat was always there. I was always listening to it as an instrumental just to get myself fired up. Like. And, um, and screwfizer came around and, um, and we were do- doing some other stuff and I played him the beat and he literally just wrote the bars like on the spot. And, uh, and it kind of, it took a couple of months just to gather the rappers that I wanted yeah. And it, it eventually I got um, uh, Michael Payne, a uh, former guest of yours, and a good, yeah. good, good friend of mine. And he, uh, he did the sickest verse. Just all about the thing with, with Justin, Michael Payne, that he, he just he thinks in such a way lyrically that I just don't think any other rapper does. Mate, you know? he
1: is fucking I think he's a fucking genius, man. Like, yeah, I, I just he think is. he should be massive. And he's big, don't get me wrong. And people, I only hear good things about him, but the guy is like next level. I really do believe that.
2: Proper like lyricist, lyricist. You know, he came on that yeah. song. He came out and he goes, oh, I've, I've got the beat. I heard is verse, sick. I'm going to do a verse about, because it's called Drumroll, please. I'm going to do a verse about magicians. So, it's right, like, bro, cool. So he just does this, the whole the whole verse is just him like... <laughs> doing like metaphors and similes about about ma- magicians i was like fucking blown away and then um just done a uh, ep with dream mclean so he came on and, and dropped a verse and then uh, the final verse was um someone else who i was working with which is uh, jordan from rizzle kicks aka yeah. al native who came in and did the final verse but there were just four people that i worked with uh, constantly and uh that I just thought fuck it, I'm gonna put it out as a single, like there's yeah, I'm not gonna hold this for anything. It's just two jokes, like this, is, this is, the beat makes me too like amped. I, I can't like it, it
1: is up. the proper track where you do that nasty nod your head and feel like you're a bad man, even though you're yeah. driving a Mariva to Tesco. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's fucking amazing dude. Thank you. it made me think a bit and they're not similar at all, except for this one thing of like, I don't know if you know agent orange by Farrah Munch. Right. But like yeah. that track, it starts off with what is like, uh, an internet sort of download sort of sound. Right. And you sort of think this can't become a song and yeah. it does become a song and it's fucking amazing. And it's the same thing with drum yeah. please, where the drums start and you go, this can't be the sample that is going to be the beat. And it fucking is. And it's <laughs> <Yeah>. amazing. <laughs> It's
2: like, that's 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 the biggest compliment you could ever give me because I, I want people to be fucked up by these things i want them to go what the fuck is happening here it's that like is like hear, it's an assault hear, it's an assault on you the hear senses. It, yeah that is what it is you hear that you hear the, the first the foot the beat
1: kick in and you go okay it's gonna change up but no nah, that's the beat mate you're gonna fucking have it
2: <laughs> but that's it sometimes the simplest songs and sometimes the simplest things that you do are the fucking Best And sometimes the the, the the biggest Like I did a tune Called Show Me That I made In f- like five minutes And I you know Chopping up a sample And to this day Like I still I think some YouTuber Used it as the intro music To something Like some skater Some 15 year old skater And then I was getting Like Like comments And you know Emails from all these Random kids Like You know just going That, that song is so I'm like I made that What's going on Like I don't understand Listen to my other stuff You know yeah, like,
1: yeah. <laughs> that yeah, is so, so good, good man and, and then and then with that with that you've got four mcs so all, dream mclean by the way who you've mm-hmm. done a lot of stuff with yeah I, do you know what i love about him man i mean he's he's. he just sounds like he just got up do you know what yeah. i mean and, and it's such yeah. a nice kind of vibe like he doesn't ever seem like he's trying but it's fucking great man
2: um he's he's one of those people that like every single word sounds like like you're right like he that he's just he's making up as he goes along but he's yeah it, it, that's his delivery every single word has been placed so meticulously yeah. and like there's so much thought gone into it that he is such like a, a talented lyricist and you know it, it, he's another one that it, the way his brain works is just constantly inspires me uh, big time
1: and did you did, did you did they just come in and just drop the verses and or did you come with that shit together or like how did it work
2: it was comp- it was that tune was separate so even though they all knew each other there was yeah. definitely a, a sense of one-upmanship which i love in the rap yeah. as well where they heard, they heard each other's verse and like, oh shit fuck <laughs> maybe i need to do better like maybe i need to you're know, like oh shit i want to be better because that person was so sick it was all camaraderie and really like nice and then they all came together when we shot the video um and then they were you know and you could see them like bigging each other up for the verses and that was really nice too and and uh that's also a thing as a producer I I love the fact that even though some of them knew each other they hadn't all they didn't all know each other properly and and through working with me they kind of like get to know each other more and I, I love that uh that gets people get to collaborate as well like with me and without me and um I think that's the that's the beauty of of rap, you know. Is it, it definitely cheesy alert? It brings people together, you know.
1: Yes, <laughs> and that is oh, that is something Tupac
2: would have said and believed in. So, in that exact accent as well. Yeah, because yeah, I yeah. from Finsbury Park initially. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: what stuff are you listening to at the moment? Oh man. Well, what Shit. what I'm interested in is, I guess. Do you listen to more British or US or both or do you even consider them different? I mean, do you just listen to what you listen to? I mean, how does it work for you?
2: Right now, it's definitely British. Yeah, right. without a doubt. Like, I, I listen to gigs. Gigs reminds me a lot of how I used to feel about DMX back in the day. So I right. used to like get so excited on 4321 or money power respect or whatever a song it was when i'd be like oh dmx's verse is coming up last i can't wait i can't wait to hear what he's gonna do and and gigs gives me that exact same feeling um of excitement to hear his hear his verses um Jay Huss, his album for me that's the album of the year for me. It's
1: great man. It's such yeah. a great album, yeah.
2: Says disappear like he's 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 made a record that's so well produced but not overproduced, and yeah. that's a really fine line to, to to tread and uh he does it like perfectly. Um, a lot of the Afrobeats artists uh, are brilliant, so I, I think a lot of a lot of what I play in clubs uh, I end up listening to quite a lot, whether it be like MoStack or you know Hardy Caprio or like people like that. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely inspired me a lot. Um, American stuff, you know, I used to be, you know, I used to listen to be up to date on all the the most recent like US stuff, but it, definitely the the UK has has taken over. In, in my in my listening habits uh, well the
1: the uk just seems to uh just have so much great stuff coming out at the moment man do you know what I mean it's like and you mentioned gigs i've got to say if people aren't following gigs on instagram you gotta <laughs> do he's fucking hilarious
2: he's such a good dude like it, I've, I've met him once when we did i did a song with him you the man who
0: creeps creeps stalkers man be taking out talkers yeah
2: Having gigs come round, like, because I record everything in my house, and um, I still always have done, and I think i always will, you know. And he just kind of came round, and uh, the loveliest dude, and and he 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 did it like, you know, I'm not going to give away his creative uh, his creative process, but he is he's a fucking g, he's a genius energy.
0: <laughs> it is. Uh... I,
2: felt, I was about to say it. I was like, oh, you know, what? I don't want to give away like. <laughs> secrets
1: you know i thought we we're about to get like a, an exclusive like
0: exclusive.
1: he does like 45 minutes of yoga or something before he spits a bar
2: <laughs> but that's normal right that's normal yeah yeah. Well.
1: That, yeah yeah i mean everyone knows that about gigs he's a fucking yeah, big probably. yoga guy oh man is there anything about um
2: hip-hop you don't like uh oh man I think it's the same with anything that you love, man. Like there's, there's, there's so many, there's so many annoyances, uh, like a, a lot of the misogyny. I think I, I really, I still find it hard to get with. And I think that that's dwindled a lot in recent years as well. Um, that has fucked me up a lot with listening to one of my favorite records, which is the Marshall Mathers LP. And yeah. when I go back to it, I'm like, I i can't listen to this anymore i didn't even realize he said all this shit about rape and fucking this horrible shit about women i'm like what <laughs> how did it, he get away with this
1: like, it's, it's so crazy man because like i mean you know we've talked about this a lot on this podcast about like the the, the drawing a line between entertainment and and what you think is offensive and acceptable or whatever but i think like I think I must have just not found anything offensive I mean I still don't I mean I still as a comedian my tolerance for offence is pretty high like it's I'm, I sort of don't really get offended by much but like at the same time I don't remember like you know you, you gave a great great example of the Marshall Mathers LP like when I first listened to it I don't remember being shocked by anything I just yeah. listened to it it was great I And mean, then you listen to it back now and you go fuck I didn't react to, like it's just it's so surprising man like yeah. It's mad. It's even like, for me, comedy wise, it's like when I went back to watch Delirious by D. Murphy, mm, right? Mm. And like, I remember just thinking that was hilarious. And then for the first ten minutes, it's some of the most homophobic stuff I've ever heard in my life. Do you know what I, mean? I was like, how did I not? How did I not react
2: to this at the time? It's mad. It kind of ruins the ex- the experience for you when you go back and you're like, fuck. I don't think I can. I mean, I still, <sighs> the, the beats on it are like, yeah, you know exceptional the the dre production vintage dre production on the marshall mavers LP is insane like i still make beats that i think uh trying to be as good as bitch please which even the title itself is <laughs> <laughs> but like even like or remember me or yeah you know any or uh criminal fucking hell listen yeah. to that beat it's insane
1: it's it's uh it's a hard one to reconcile do you know what i mean like but um mm. Yeah, a lot of classics. You sort of go back to go, fuck. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's mad. By the way, just quickly, we're sort of almost out of time here. You've been a brilliant guest, so thank you so much for coming on. No worries, my um, pleasure. Where were you on tour? You just said you'd just come off tour.
2: I did, uh, just did a few shows in Australia, and then right. I came back and was touring with Doc Brown in the UK, yeah. And how was that tour with Doc Brown? yeah, it was great. Like, like he's, he's my best pal. So it's just so lovely to go out there and, and, and do these shows with him. And, you know, he, he loves rap, uh, you know, in his heart, he's just, he is rap. So for him, it's just, um, it's like coming home doing, doing shows where he just gets to rap and, and not do comedy and just, uh, get everything off his chest. So that's, uh, you know, it's, it's always a wonderful experience DJing for him, you know? And, um, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. You know, I, I always just drink far too much vodka, and and that is always a great a great time for me. Whenever that I've happens. got to be
1: honest with you, he fucks me off, uh, and let me explain why. I just hate when people are really talented, like obviously, <laughs> like you go and do a gig with him, and he smashes a comedy gig, mm. and then you hear that he's fu- and then he's put out that fucking amazing album, and then goes mm. on tour. Like fuck him, yeah. Like, well, yeah I'm not, true. It just it's does right. my head in.
2: I'm
0: I don't <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> like other he? people
2: being talented, mate. It does my head in it's true i wish i could do comedy and and rap too but thing is you know you got bars man i've seen i've seen the show you know what i mean i've seen you freestyling so yeah
1: but the, do you know like um when the way that people look at me rapping is the way that you look at like a kid doing maths you go like oh he's done it he's doing well for his age do you know what I mean like i'm not a rapper so then if if, if i do anything people go well done yeah yeah he's got bars, bar <laughs> didn't
2: <hasn't> he <laughs> oh you could definitely do a track of your own yeah yeah oh bless, oh, <laughs> bless. <laughs> I was surprised you haven't asked me of my uh, all time favourite MCs and the reason I say this is because I was out the other night with uh, Michael Payne and uh, Sepa, aka MC Grinder and yeah. I said to them I was like you know what Like, I, I'm, I'm doing Ramesh's podcast I'm really excited about it and then uh, Sipa goes to me goes oh you know, you need, you know, you need to be ready for, I was like, ready for what? He goes, ready with your top fives, man. (laughs) And I'm not even joking. We stood there in this party, when the smoking air of this party for 45 minutes. Me, me, Michael Payne and Sipa arguing. I mean, we weren't even like discussing. We were like arguing about top fives. And it was, it was beautiful, man. You know, this is a rap fan. You know those are the most Enriching conversations You could go on about it For ages So did you come up With a top five? Well let me Let me open my notes In my phone So the whole time I was like (laughs) Holy shit (laughs) Yeah I basically I came up with three Three of Top five MCs Because I thought It was It's so difficult man It changes all the time Like Okay so the, the three I could get were obviously Tupac. Obviously, come on, yeah. you know he's, he lived, he lived my life, and I just took o- I took over the reins when he passed away. Yeah. Um, three stacks, Andre three thousand, of course. Yeah. Uh, and Black Thought. Black Thought, mate. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's a great top three, man. Uh, but uh, what I would say, Andre three thousand, right? Mm. Obviously, like people love him. Do you feel sorry for Big Boy at all? That like. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what because like, people like always look at Freestacks stacks going oh he's he's a god he's a god well the thing is it's like you know like how we're just talking about doc brown because
1: like yeah. andre like he'll he like he sings right obviously he does right mm-hmm. and so he does all that kind of thing and then people are herald him as like one of the greatest MCs of all time like big boy He's got to be a bit pissed off about that, right? Because he's not shit by any stretch of the imagination, yeah. right?
2: Yeah, he's sick. He's sick. Like, he's yeah. done, and he's done a lot of great solo albums. And you know, even the song Shut a Bug was sick. But yeah, it's tough when you're up against Andre 3000. Like, it's yeah. you know, it's got. It's like having you know, like a, a sibling that's just killing it. Like you know, you kind of just want to be a, a baker or something. You'd kind of just have to give it all up and do something else and be. Amazing. Well, he
1: breeds. I know he breeds pit bulls so there you go. that might be the
2: thing that's I think stick at it <laughs> you're, you're being, no and finds, and he, big boy is amazing man I was going to joke and I was like no can't, <laughs> do it. can't do it
1: yeah I just hope that Andre doesn't find some new strain of pitbull that's fucking incredible or something like that man because that would be the end
2: but even recently like I saw an interview with, with Andre 3000 he was talking about how he doesn't want to release a solo album because he doesn't feel like he's good enough and there's just so much better out there and I was like man not only is he the best, he's more self-deprecating than me, and now that makes me feel even worse. Fuck. Yeah, and he's yeah. a sick producer, man. Yeah, yeah fuck that guy, man. <laughs> that guy, talented
1: prick. Uh, Bla- Black thought, right? I got like, obviously Black thought. The Roots albums amazing, mm-hmm. but I w- like the thing is it's so funny you put Black thought up there because for me, like whenever I talk to people that really are into hip hop, they say Black thought's incredible. But I still don't feel like people know. Do you know what I mean? Like how good he is. Like whenever you watch, um, like a fr- like whenever he's doing a cipher, like or he's like doing a freestyle thing on a radio show or anything like that, he's always the best. Like always, always. it's yeah. he's fucking incredible. His voice, the lyrics, just amazing. And that track, um, where he does him. I knew you were going to say this boom, yeah? Yeah, where he oh, does him, Cool rap, and Big Daddy Kane. Shit. And, oh my god.
0: The value fine of Rhine is right on time. we we'll step beyond and not behind a line. To separate star from the vine you could take it as a portion Over one of time, look for antonyms, words, I'm sending them on and sendin' them. Good light, like eminence. You know the time when it's read G slice and i turn a mic last name in a ticing. My brain like a factory cross. That is
2: making. just Mimicry is, its best. Oh like he must have had to put like cotton wool balls in his mouth. <laughs> to do the fucking cool g rap voice because he does he does the lisp he does he does the flow he does the lyrics like everyone has to go and listen to this song boom
1: but yeah that's a great top three man yeah that's it it's just not a top five i couldn't get yeah. plug one plug two guest plugs for you so listen obviously uh we want to plug the the album this is where it gets good uh, which is great. Is there anything else you got coming up, or is it all about sort of pushing the album at the moment?
2: Yeah, uh, that. So that album came out a couple of months ago. Uh, just released a new video for a song from it called "Hurts." So go watch that. Shot it in India in in January when I was doing some shows out there. Um, well,
1: what shows? Uh, sorry, I meant to ask you about this. Sorry, we're way over time here. I will let it's you okay. go. But but
2: India. What was th- what was doing shows in India like? Oh, fucking amazing, man! Like the audiences are so sick out there because in a way less judgmental than audiences in the uk so i was doing sets at like 1am in a club and i could play like two hours of my own music and grime and shit that they'd never heard before and the, the clubs were just going nuts because it doesn't matter they were just like i just want to hear bass lines and i just want to hear shit that will make me move it was just right. no no judgment you know i couldn't play i couldn't play like a beat i'd made yesterday even though it was banging and sounded like the the same tempo as a drake song or you know banged with a big bass line or whatever i couldn't do that here because people are like i don't know this i've never heard this before i'm not dancing they'll come wow. up and request like you know <laughs> whatever <laughs> so like it's it was really quite it was quite freeing to do that and and uh, also just india is an incredible beautiful and intense place so you know just being able to travel around and 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 link with like mcs in mumbai and i you know and and promoters out there and and lovers of hip-hop and grime out there you know it's just an amazingly like eye-opening experience
1: okay cool uh listen man thank you so much for being on the podcast mate you've been a great guest my pleasure Um, my pleasure uh, We really appreciate it if you haven't checked it out make sure you check out this is where it gets good Uh, Mm -hmm. listen man thank you very much for for coming on I appreciate it no worries man take it easy